is the Never Heard of a Podcast. I'm Sean Horowell. This is a show where we talk about the movies that have fallen through our cracks and yours. Joined again by my Siamese crack, Craig Moorhead. Craig, how are you? Sean, I'm, I'm doing great. So glad to be attached at the crack with you as we cra- crack our way through the many, many movies made in our lifetimes and lifetimes uh, before. How are you doing, Sean? I'm doing okay. I feel like I, you know what, I should amend what I said. Conjoined crack. Yes. I don't want to offend any of the conjoined twins that are listening to this. I know we have a pretty big demographic yeah. there. I think they, they share earbuds. We absolutely appreciate your patronage. 100%. And uh, I'm good, man. I'm excited about this. It's December, the last month of the year. And, uh, you know, we always try to do something a little fun this month. And I think we've got two good movies to have some fun with mm-hmm. here. I'm excited to get into them both. Do you want to tell people where they can come say hello online and we'll uh, we'll get started? I'll be happy to, Sean. Here's where people can find us. They can find us at neverheardpodcast.com. That's a website. If you go there, you'll find write-ups on our, our longer episodes. You'll find all of the episodes. You can actually listen to them there. And uh, uh, just other information about us, you can find us, uh, you can find uh, links to our Twitter, our Instagram, our Facebook, which are all places where you can you can get in touch with us. You can have a one-on-one conversation with either <laughs> me or Sean. Maybe both. And it won't even cost you anything. Hit us up. If you have suggestions for movies, you know, there's something you want us to cover. You, there's something you think we wouldn't hear about unless you told us, especially if you're really excited about it. That's the kind of stuff we love to hear about. Bring us your weird ideas, too. We don't know what we're doing next year. That's true. Somebody could say, hey, you should watch every single movie made by this person Ooh, next yeah. year. Now, that's a challenge, we right? We very well could do it, too. We watch a lot of movies. That would make it easier for us to pick what we're going to do that's next. That's true. Although, you know, again, if we can find them streaming somewhere or for rent, that that makes the process way easier for everybody. That's right. But I know there's some of you have some really obscure tastes, and it's really cool, but... We got to be able to find. That's it. for sure. Did we cover our bases there? Uh, we did almost. What I wanted to add was that you can find the podcast on Stitcher and on iTunes and on Spotify. And mm. uh, I know uh, that on iTunes for sure you can subscribe to the podcast. In which case we just show up in your in your podcast inbox. Uh, I'm sure whatever app you have, you can also subscribe there. But you can also on iTunes you can leave a review, which is something that kind of helps people find our podcast if you can't be bothered to do that then you should force our podcast on one of your friends or family yeah that's the christmas tradition yeah absolutely absolutely please annoy all of your friends and family and just completely push them away with your constant talking about our podcast thank you so much (laughs) yeah i think that covers that sean thank you again for listening and coming along on this ride with us in the year 2019 we're going to wind it down here And uh, man, I can't believe next year is 2020. I probably will say that many times. As someone pointed out online the other day, we are now living in a world where Blade Runner is no longer the future. Yeah. So crazy, crazy time to be alive, obviously, as a movie fan. Uh, But here we are. And look, it's December. We felt kind of like we needed to do something in the Christmas vein. Mm -hmm. Here's what we came up with. Couldn't be more excited. We're going to tip our hat to two films about jolly old Saint Nick. That's right. Alice Cage. Mm. We're going into Cage Land 
you know, I started looking at the list of films that were available to us <laughs> to potentially watch, and I just had to stop after a while. I, sure. I was coming up with so many. I think I came up with like a list of about fifteen that were not that familiar with me, and man, I didn't even get. I didn't even get close to the bottom there. Yeah. You know, he's he's noted for working and working a lot. Yeah. He's been a huge part of us in our movie lives, I think, for, for pretty much everybody. And, Indeed. You know, he's he's one of these unicorns in the world, I think. So I'm really excited about this. Uh, we're going to get things started with a movie called The Trust. This is from 2016. Craig, you want a log line here? Please. I would love to have a log line. And I should say, I haven't seen either one of these, so hopefully we're still happy when we're actually, we're talking about the actual movies. Yes. <laughs> you, you know, that's part of the gamble when you're rolling the dice of Nicolas Cage. But uh, it's, there's usually always something interesting to him, so I'm hoping that's what we get with both of these. And usually that interesting thing is Nicolas Cage. Usually it's yeah. him, if nothing else, yeah. The Trust from 2016, IMDb tells us this is about a pair of cops investigating a drug invasion who stumble upon a mysterious bank vault. This is full of cocaine. Yeah, it is. This needs to be submitted as evidence. Yes, right, absolutely, sorry. So, what do you want to do? You want me to rob a drug dealer for you? <laughs> rob a drug dealer? Um... All right. Someone built a safe in the back of the grocery store. And we found it. Precisely. How do we, you know, Get it out. Something like this is worth doing if you can keep it quiet and simple. The way you just said that right now, that's out of cool. The vault door isn't that old. Messing with it runs the risk of a fail safe. Unless we want to hire a professional safe cracker. Which we don't. Which we don't. It's caught open it. Are you sure? Hello? What you're saying is we drill down through the floor of the apartment. That's right. Okay, you know the drill. Can't do this. I don't know where we are right now. We're in the heart of the American dream. I'm in. Yeah. Right? Sounds great. Nothing weirder than a mysterious bank vault, man. The only thing weirder than that is you, and oh. uh, you're going to tell us who made this movie. So let's get weird, yeah? Let's get weird. Here's what. Here's here's who we're going to start off. Here's how we're going to start off, Sean. Okay. Uh, we're going to start off with those uh, directors. Yeah, there's two of them. There's not just one, there's two. I believe they're brothers. It's Alex and Benjamin Brewer, right? Now, these guys, they've done uh, their share of music videos. That seems to be the lion's share of their work. They seem to be pretty new, new to the scene. Not a terribly long list of, of credits, but what does that matter? As long as they got the goods, you know what I mean? Doesn't matter to me, yeah. So they've done vids, vids. I keep calling them vids. They've done... <laughs> that's what the kids call them, Craig. It's that's cool. what, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> they, do, uh, they do TikToks for uh, Diplo... <laughs> And Skrillex, really, and uh, okay. Chain Smokers, you wow. know, yeah, that's some big names there. Like yeah, in that Alt J was another one. Okay, so uh, so yeah, so whenever I hear that, like, I'm, it's interesting. I, I feel like our generation has seen its share of good directors come out of the music video world. Oh yeah, Spike Jones, David Fincher, uh, etc. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Romanek, Mark Romanek, yeah, Michelle Gondry. I mean, come on, yeah, people who really have like a really good vision, and then. You know, when it turns out they can put a story together, it's it's pretty exciting. Yeah. Well, and that's why it's also exciting that uh, the the movie was written uh, by <laughs> Benjamin Brewer. Yeah. Benjamin Brewer uh, has written one feature that I could tell. Uh, otherwise, I believe he was doing concepts for videos and, and writing some shorts. He did a, a feature called Beneath Contempt. 
hmm. which appears to be about a, a young person who, who just got out of jail after, I believe, accidentally killing several of his friends in a car accident. Oh, geez. And like, like, like coming back to his community and sort of the how everyone deals with that and, and all that kind of stuff, which honestly kind of sound, I mean, along with sounding very heavy, sounded kind of interesting. Like, that, that is kind interesting. Of like a yeah. Neat character story. And probably hilarious. Uh, yeah, it's probably one of the funniest movies of that year. <laughs> and uh, Adam Hirsch is the other writer. Adam Hirsch has written and edited several shorts. I didn't recognize any titles in there, but but again, it's like it's like we got some fresh blood. We got some uh, you know excited young people, hmm. or maybe excited old people who just haven't done much work. Either way, yeah, I'm on board. Now I need to warn you that there are lots of producers on this movie, and I have not named all of them. That's always a good sign, right? When there's lots of producers. Yeah. I mean, the more producers, <laughs> the better produced the movie is, I think. It's always you want as many cooks in the kitchen as you can get, right? That's the yeah. saying? Well, yeah. Because then, then the food gets done faster and better. Okay. Lay it on us. So there was a mountain of producers, and most of them seemed sort of like sort of mid-list producers, you know? Like a lot of the movies weren't like, ah, blockbusters. But there's just like a lot of solid sort of movies in there. Mm -hmm. And there's a bunch of them came together to make this movie. And I'm really, the more I was reading this cast and everything, the more I, I and crew, I, the more I was getting interested in like what this movie is going to be. It's kind of, so here's the deal. I haven't named all of the producers. Sure. But that doesn't mean anyone uh, fell out of favor with me. I just, I just named the ones that I kind of had a handle on credit wise. Yeah. And so we've got Charles Audie. He produced Locke and the movie High Rise. Okay. We've got Ariana Frazier, who produced Legally Blonde 2, a movie called Barely Lethal. Uh, but I didn't see that. But but then, and she also did another movie called Three Three Christs. Hmm. Um, and I'm not sure uh, that that it just seemed like an interesting uh, title. Is that two too many? <laughs> well, there's only one way to find out. <laughs> okay. We've got Julie Kroll, who, among uh, her other credits, the the top one that I believe has been announced is Untitled Female Expendables. Oh, that sounds awesome. I know. I was like, oh, I hope they nail that. <laughs> yeah, that could be cool. That could be fun. They really could. Yeah. We've got Jason Miller, not the actor, I oh, don't think. Okay. I know, I know. But uh, Jason produced Looking Glass, which was another uh, Nick Cage flick. Never heard of it. Oh. No. Nope. Perfect. Yeah. Well, we've got Michael Nylon or Nylon, maybe. <laughs> and it also could be pronounced a third way. <laughs> yeah. Can't spend all night guessing. But Michael uh, seems to be like the Nick Cage guy because the more credits I went through, the more he seemed to be involved in all these. He was oh, wow. involved on uh, Left Behind, Pay the Ghost, which honestly I'm, I'm kind of intrigued by. I'm, I'm glad we picked the ones we did, but Pay the Ghost. I mean, I, I kind of want to know. Uh, there's another one coming up called Wally's Wonderland. That's another Cage movie. Sure. I'm kind of feeling like he was the guy who was like, let me get Nick involved, you know, and he's kind of kind of brought him in. <laughs> We got Braxton Pope also worked on Looking Glass. Another movie called Life is Hot in Cracktown. So, some other indies and, and, and music videos. We've got Jeff Rice, who seemed to be involved in, in movies that, that I, I seem to have been a little more familiar with anyway. The Marky Mark movie, Lone Survivor, Two Guns, and End of Watch. Okay. Uh, we've got Bradford L. Schley. We've got Bradford L. Schley, or Schley. <laughs> Brad. Brad. Old Brad. He produced Dogtown, The Killer Inside Me, and Swingers. Wow. And then we've got Henry Winterstern, who produced all of the Underworld movies, of which there are many. What do you think the odds are that he's British? Winterstern? I'm going to guess yes. 
Henry Winterstern. Winterstern? What's the meaning of this? Are there 30 more producers, or where are we at in the list? <laughs> there were a ton more. <laughs> oh, my That's God. as far as I went. Okay, Jesus. But it's, it's, it's definitely the longest list of wow. producers, and most of them being executive producers. And I'm just feeling like, yeah, like it's interesting that so many people pulled together to make this movie. It's really, I'm really interested to see what we're going to see. Moving on, we're going to uh, the music, which is by Reza Safinia. I never try to pronounce these before we start recording. Why would you? You know, maybe is it is it worth it nah. to do my homework? No. Reza Safinia, I'm going to go with possibly Safinia, and uh, Reza did the music for Birth of the Dragon and Fight Like a Girl, which was a documentary. I'm almost positive I've seen. Huh. Uh, cinematography. This was very exciting for me. Cinematography is by a gentleman named Sean Porter. He shot Kamiko, the Treasure Hunter. Oh. He shot Green Book, last year's uh, Oscar winner. Yeah. And I, I, I worked on a project with Sean Porter. What? He shot a thing that I co-wrote a few years ago. Get out of Dodge. Did a wonderful job with it. It was it was beautiful work. Do you want to say the name of that project, or are you just going to leave that I hanging? I never know if I, because if I, it's not a thing. It's not a thing. It's not a thing anyone can see. It's not a thing anybody can watch. Like a proof of concepts? Kind of thing? Yes, it was a proof of concept for a okay. larger thing, which might be a thing someday. Okay. We're still working we'll on it. We'll just call it Untitled Fingers Crossed. Un <laughs> untitled Hope, 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 Hope. Sad emoji, sad emoji. <laughs> sad emoji, eggplant. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know. But uh, film editing was handled by Lauren Connolly. She's, she's cut uh, TV shows such as A Million Little Things, which I'm not super familiar with, but another show that I really deeply love called Children's Hospital. Oh, yeah, okay which is very funny, and I, I really like that show a lot. So let's, then we'll dive into the cast. Let's do it. As you might guess, Nicolas Cage is the star of the show. You, you see him in such movies as Leaving Las Vegas, Honeymoon in Vegas, and I don't think there's a third Vegas. Uh, we'll say Raising Arizona. Okay. That's close. Yeah. And then uh, next up, we have Elijah Wood, which I find very also fascinating mm -hmm. i don't expect to see elijah wood in this movie nope but here's elijah wood and he's been in such movies as the faculty which i love and lord of the rings everyone saw that so everyone knows exactly who we're talking about huh i'm kidding yeah i know i know lord of the rings yeah don't don't anger the listeners <laughs> don't work out on me guys yeah <laughs> so uh we've got sky ferrera she was in uh, baby driver and the new twin peaks I understand that she's a singer-songwriter of some kind, and I apologize to her or any of her fans because I have no idea who she is on that side of the uh, of, of the divide. Yeah, I don't know her as a singer-songwriter, but I do know that she did. I know she's credited on the soundtrack for Baby Driver, but I'm sure they, they sang along to stuff in that. I can't remember everything that happened in it. Yeah. Yes. Uh, hip, hip, hooray for all Sky Ferreira's fans. Sure. We've got Alexandria Lee who is in a TV series called Seven Days, among other uh, uh, credits that I saw there. We've got Ethan Suppley. Does that name ring a bell? Yeah, I like Ethan Suppley. Yeah, Ethan Suppley's pretty great. Now, he's I guess he's mostly a character actor. Mm -hmm. But man, he when he when he when he's in something, he, he does such a great job. He was in Mallrats. Yeah. He, he had a very long stint on My Name is Earl, which uh, I mean, I, I really liked that sitcom. I thought that sitcom was so well written. I, I, I fondly remember it. Mm -hmm. We got Stephen Williams from 21 Jump Street, Blues Brothers, and Jason Goes to Hell. We got Jerry Lewis, America's yeah. Funny Man. We've got the, the Nutty Professor in this movie. And then uh, and then we've got, uh, uh, well, you know what? I'm going to cut it right there. Okay. I think Jerry Lewis is a good place to stop yeah, with that cast. Right? We've got 
lots of actors, but I mean, you're not going to top Jerry Lewis at this point. No. And in fact, I sent you an email after, you know, you were the one that picked this off of the list. Yeah. And then I glanced at it and I was like, what? Jerry Lewis is in this? I had no <laughs> clue. And it still blows my mind. Well, maybe you'll get into this. This is credited as, as his last movie. Is that right? It is. Yes, sadly. Interesting. Well, I don't know. Maybe it's great. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll be like, good, good note to go out on. Yeah, maybe. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. But that's everything I've got, Sean. What, what do you have? Well, I'm going to ask you this now, and I'm, I might ask you in an additional episode as well. Uh, favorite Nicolas Cage role? Let's just do that. This is all about Cage this month, so let's talk Cage roles. What's favorite Nick Cage role, Craig? I mean, it's probably still Raising Arizona. He's done a lot of good stuff, but, but I, man, I really love Raising Arizona. What about you? That's definitely my favorite, so I was trying to think of ones that aren't that. Uh, so I'll go with Moonstruck this time, and then we'll, we'll, we'll ask oh, this yeah, question again. Good. Yeah, it's a great one. Yeah. Okay, so, yeah, let's talk about this movie. I mean, I didn't find a ton about the making of it, you know, for various reasons, I think, but that, that happens. There's a lot going mm-hmm. on in movie land these days. Mm-hmm. So what I did find was an article on EW.com by Clark Collis, who had an interview with Nicolas Cage kind of about this movie, and specifically Jerry Lewis. So he says, quote, Jerry is someone I grew up with. He's somebody that was my first love in terms of film. I saw The Nutty Professor when I think I was four years old. He was a motivating force for me. Jerry Lewis and Marlon Brando were my two big influences, which kind of makes sense when you think about Nicolas Cage, right? Yeah. Uh, there's something about that that just, that sentence right there that makes a ton of sense. A little of both of them are in there, yeah. Yeah, so going on, he said, one day, though, uh, Lewis became more than an idol, calling Nicolas Cage with an invitation. He said, I've got a great show in Las Vegas. Sammy Davis Jr., he and I are going to do it. It's going to be terrific. Why don't you come out? I took my brother with me and we watched the show. It was extraordinary. So then he had an after party at his suite. He came out in a kimono with tennis shoes and socks. I was terrified. It was like meeting a cinema god. I said, well, you know, Jerry, it's just you and Marlon Brando. He took about a two-minute beat in perfect Jerry Lewis timing and then went, well, Brando's good also. And uh, (laughs) then they left, which I kind of love. That's That's classic Jerry Lewis, right? So apparently they stayed in touch after that meeting in Vegas, and then Cage says, "Then I sort of relocated to Nevada, which I don't, I don't you know, I feel like you either do or you don't, like you know." Yeah, there's no sort of. Who knows? But maybe he was just like, uh, you know, leaving Las Vegas. I actually lived that. So uh, he yeah. goes on and says, "I found out we were neighbors for a moment in time, and I would invite him out to dinner. When the trust happened, I said, Jerry." I don't normally want to put people on the spot, but one of my dreams is to be in a movie with you. I'd love to construct a part where you and I can be on camera together. And he said, absolutely, which was like, wow. So he did us the favor. He played the part of my father in the movie. For me, it was one of the greatest days of my life and certainly the greatest day of my career. Which is kind of nice because I don't think most people really even know this movie or know that Jerry Lewis is in it. And here yeah. it is. This is single greatest day of, of Nicolas Cage's career. Now, here's the sad part, Craig. Not only is this Jerry Lewis's last movie, but uh, I'm sorry to spoil the fun here. Apparently, he is in this movie for less than a minute. So, And oh. that's not uh, I, that's not hyperbole. Like, I mean an actual minute. So I think he's uh, it's more or less a cameo. Sure. Keep your eyes peeled is what I'm saying. It may be in and out in a flash with Mr. Lewis. He was pretty far down on that cast list for for being Jerry Lewis, so it does seem like I hope he made it through shooting. He died in 2017, so oh, okay, yeah. okay. So so shooting was done, and the, yeah, it wasn't like they were trying to salvage something. It's like right. he, he did what he was supposed to do. Yes. So here's Elijah Wood on Nicolas Cage, right? Mm-hmm. It's a different generation, maybe a different bit of idols. And this is from an article at CBR.com. 
he says, Nicolas Cage almost operates on a different level that is like cultural iconography or something. He's in the realm of pop culture in a way that no other actor really is. He's kind of mythic in a way, which, yeah, I, I sort of agree yeah. with again, right? I think that's why we're doing this this month is just because like, absolutely, yeah, he's got that thing about him that, that very few, if any others, really do, certainly from his era. So this movie apparently had been in development since at least 2014, and originally, Craig... It was not going to be Elijah Wood in that role. It was going to be... Oh, wait, 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 wait. Ian McKellen. Uh, no, no. Okay. It was going to be Sean Astin. <laughs> I'm kidding. No. Oh, God. It's going to be Jack Houston. Do you know Jack Houston? Oh, man, I know the name. Jack Houston, I know from Boardwalk Empire. He was the guy that played Richard, who had like half of a face. He had a mask that he oh, wore. Oh, yeah, I remember that guy. Guy's great. Yeah. So he was blowing up around this time. Like I found out, okay, so Elijah Wood joined the film in January of 2015. And in fact, it said on Wikipedia, he joined on January 30th. But they started shooting apparently on January 26th. So I don't quite know like how much of an emergency (laughs) call-in it was, or if that's just like, well, that's his day that he, that was his first day of shooting. And maybe he knew about it before. I know he said that, he did not meet Nicolas Cage until like two days prior, and they did some rehearsal and blah, 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 right. blah, blah. So Jack Houston was also supposed to star in the remake of The Crow, which I don't believe has happened yet. Yeah. But he had a drop out of that as well in June of 2015 because I think what he ultimately did instead of these two films was he started in a remake of Ben-Hur that came out in 2016. Yeah, I remember that. I don't remember any. I don't. Did anybody see that movie? I have no idea. No, he, I, I don't think it was a, a huge hit. No. Yeah, it feels like uh, it should have happened ten years before, around the time of Gladiator, if it was going to happen. But I could right. be wrong. Maybe it's great. Anyway, they shot this movie in 2015 in Las Vegas. Specifically, they were at the Riviera Hotel, and I also saw listed a place called the Pepper Mill Restaurant and Fire Mill Lounge. So. Uh, I guess you Vegas heads out there might know what the hell that is. I have no idea. It premiered at the South by Southwest Film Festival on March 13th, 2016. And then, interestingly, this movie was released on DirecTV exclusively on April 14th. And then after that, yeah, it went to VOD and a few theaters, I think, simultaneously on May 13th. So some sort of deal. DirecTV must have put money into it. I think so. To begin with, yeah. Right? Uh, This movie was also known as... A Sacada in Brazil, which, at least in Portuguese, that is translates to the balcony on Google Translate. In Germany, it was called The Trust, colon, Big Trouble in Sin City. Ooh, okay. Yeah, that seems like they're just taking two, they're just like used random movie title generator and grab, yeah. you know. And then in Spain, it was called Policias Corruptos, or Corrupt Police. You're really good at translating things. I'm trying, yeah, I'm trying. Yeah. It's interesting in that IMDb, you know, they they will list a link to the official website for a movie if there is one. Well, this one takes you to a Japanese site for the movie, and the address is dirty-cop.jp. I don't know. I don't I didn't really look to see if there was another official website that was in English perhaps, but for some reason, uh, there's definitely one in Japanese. Still exists. Wow. You got one tagline, and that is, bad cops make the best criminals. I like that one. Pretty good. That's pretty good. So I did see that the budget of this was $9 million, and the worldwide box office was 321000 Now, that, that sounds like a major loss, right? Yeah. 
But there is that direct TV thing. And right. I also know from others who have, you know, had, well, David Gordon Green, who made a movie with Nicolas Cage, no less. He talked about yeah. that movie doing great business on video on demand. Those numbers that never get published. So yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if it made its budget back or more, perhaps. Like that's kind of the, the Nicolas Cage model. I or, or think one of so, them. yeah. That's really interesting. So how was this movie received? Well... Pretty good, I think. Uh, Justin Chang at Variety said, quote, making the first of an expected six film appearances in 2016 alone, <laughs> the ever prolific, never selective Nicolas Cage at least seems to be enjoying himself more than usual in the trust. A thinly conceived but juicily played heist thriller directed by the sibling team of Alex and Ben Brewer. Neil Genslinger at the New York Times said, quote, Mr. Cage is fun to watch as he lets the bottled-up rage of a nondescript existence slowly bubble to the surface. The script is full of both humor and menace, giving the actors plenty to work with. That makes for an enjoyable slow build-up to an unexpected ending. So that's the New York Times, right? I mean, that's that's you know yeah. not nothing. It's not easy to get a good review there, especially for something that's pretty much straight to video. Absolutely. Glenn Kelly at Roger Ebert, quote, Not content to merely be brother filmmakers, the Brewers wear their Cohen influences on their sleeves. It's not just the casting of Cage, but the attempted wryness of the dialogue, the confident visual styling, and more. He goes on to say about the back half of the movie. At this point, Cage's performance has settled into a kind of forced oddness, as in his reading of the line, quote, I have an idea. It's kind of wacky. He says it pretty much exactly as you'd predict. <laughs> that was the very end of the review. And I was like, I just kind of love that. That's, uh, yeah. <laughs> is that an insult or like, is that a compliment? I don't know. Well, I mean, we'll find out, I guess. I mean, I think it just depends on your, on like what you think of Cage, you know? Yeah. Okay. 2016, we did talk about before. Well, you didn't, but uh, Brian Crane and I did with the film, I Am Not Madame Bovary. But real quickly, the U.S. box office that year, because I'm not sure. I think we did worldwide for top 10. Uh, you got Finding Dory, Rogue One, Captain America, Civil War, The Secret Life of Pets, Jungle Book, Deadpool, Zootopia, Batman vs. Superman, Dawn of Justice, Suicide Squad, and Star Wars Force Awakens. Which that does, does that seem right to you? No. Right? That seems like it's a little, yeah, that doesn't seem right. That was either on the numbers.com or box office mojo. I don't know because like I know those Star Wars movies come out at the end of the year every year, it seems like, right? Yeah. So I could see that. Yeah, in 2016, Force Awakens made a good chunk of box office money. And Rogue One did too, you know, depending on when it came out exactly. I don't remember. So it's possible, I guess, that that's correct. I don't know. But anyway, there you have it. Oscars that year, Moonlight was a big winner uh, as far as Best Picture, and that was that crazy year. So you may be surprised to find Craig, and I, I, I hope you won't be too upset. Uh, no awards for the trust that I could find. What? Well, we're going to change all that. What do we call our award? The never, the nevers, the, the, the nevers, the neveries. Yeah. <laughs> the neveries. Okay. So miscellaneous, miscellaneous trivia for you here. Mm -hmm. So this movie is set in Las Vegas. There's no gambling shown in the movie whatsoever. Apparently look for that because if there is, I'm going to absolutely correct that fact on IMDb. Oh man. Yeah. yeah we got to get on that wiki keyboard warrior. So there are at least five other Nicolas Cage movies set in Las Vegas at least partially. You said leaving Las Vegas already, right? That's right. You said honeymoon in Vegas, right? That's right. Can you name three others? Three others. 
I wouldn't have come up with this. I mean, their their titles you'll know, except for one maybe, but I I, right. I would have. World Trade Center. Uh, surprisingly, no, that one does not. Oh. <laughs> God. Damn. Oh, good guess though. Uh, Wild at Heart was one. Oh yeah. Con Air. I wouldn't remember that. The 2007 movie Next, which I have not seen. Oh yeah, no, I've not seen that either. Now here's interesting. Here's maybe the most fun fact about this movie at all. During the filming of the movie. The crew discovered a body in the yard where they were, quote, to IMDb trivia page, shoiting. Shoiting. Supposed to be a shooting, but they added an I instead of an O in there. Well, which, sometimes you shoit, you know yeah, what I mean? Please nobody correct that. Please no one correct it. So, <laughs> and that's all they had. I'm like, that, you can't just know. Like, that's not acceptable to right. just have that. So, like, they found a body walking by the set. Like, well, I don't understand. Yeah. Like, like no, yeah, no, 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 no. More. You can't just leave that. So, Luckily, that uh, CBR.com site, the interview with Elijah Wood, he had more on this fun fact. This is all quoting Elijah here. So that morning, base camp was in this sort of parking lot where there's all these cars and trucks parked, and a dead body was discovered in one of the trucks. And I think it had been there for like a week or two. I think it was the smell that drew attention. It may have been someone from our transpo department that actually discovered the body. The police were called. They came over, removed the body because it was at base camp, it didn't really affect production except for being kind of sort of sobering and a little fucked up and sad. People said they'd smelled it and could still smell it because obviously they'd opened the truck's door. Oh. I couldn't recognize a scent because I didn't get too close to it. I sort of regret not going to have a look, actually, to be honest with you, which is sort of fucked up, end quote. <laughs> and uh, I, I appreciate your honesty, Elijah. And yeah, that is sort of messed up. But I, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I would probably be in the same boat. Like, do I want to see that? I kind of want to see that. I mean, it's yeah. I mean, it's. Well, when are you gonna have a chance to see that again? You make another movie in Las Vegas. You never know. I, I mean, guess. Yeah. You're rolling the dice, right? Find out. So that's where I'm gonna leave us this fine uh, beginning of December, the holiday month, with this movie, The Trust. Here, just know whatever else happens in the movie, there was an actual dead body on set that was not supposed to be there. Never forget. No, you know, maybe see if I can actually track down who the hell that was, if they identified it, and if there's any sort of interesting story as to how that person ended up in that truck. But I'll, I'll have to do some digging there. Maybe some some amateur true crime sleuths out there could right could just do all of that work for me. That would make it a lot easier, right? Yeah. Craig, I'm excited. I think it's on Netflix. If not, it's available for rent at all the usual suspects. Please go watch it. And join us next time as we get deep into the trust. Any last words, Craig? Yes, I'm. I'm. I'm so close to to changing my answer from raising Arizona to Wild at Heart, but but mm. but I'm not. I will ask you again. Ask me, yeah. Ask me again after we've watched these movies. I think we should talk about this again. Sounds good. Because you never know. All right, we'll talk next time. All right, bye bye. <laughs>